Father, um, I am so thankful that you are here in this room. Lord Jesus, you are here. Holy Spirit, you are here. We are your people. And I pray that everything that is said in the next hour would bring glory and honor to you, that our focus would be on you, that we would grow in you, and that uh, we just simply love each other, Lord. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Okay. Um, a lot of you know me. Some of you don't know me. So I figured I probably ought to do a little bit of a personal introduction. Um, so my name is Joe Graff. Uh, my wife is Kelly. Um, we have two sons, Joseph and Samuel. Joseph is with an F because I didn't want a junior. Um, so Joseph is 23. He lives in Jackson, Tennessee uh, because he graduated from Union University and decided to stay in Jackson because he likes the town. Youngest is Samuel. He's 21. He goes to Missouri State Tech down in Lynn, Missouri. He's usually home on the weekends which means I get to see him for about five minutes, okay? Um, so, um, worked as a carpenter since I was uh, 17, retired from the city of St. Louis after 31 years of being the carpenter foreman, paint foreman for them. So I'm really kind of semi-retired because I work harder now for my wife at home than I did the whole time I worked for the city. Uh, plus I do other things on the side once in a while. But uh, so that's kind of where, who I am. I was, yeah, what? I was waiting for someone. Uh, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no questions. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, now I forgot, Mark, what I was going to say. Oh. <laughs> so I was, I was raised Catholic. Uh, my mother was Episcopal. She uh, was raised literally in the hills of Tennessee. Uh, I mean, really in the mountains of That's Tennessee. I've been there. I, like, I grew up there. Swanee, Tennessee. Yeah, I, I was in the mountains of Virginia. But. Okay. <laughs> so my dad is uh, Catholic, so my mom converted to Catholicism uh, when she married my father. I have, I have six sisters, no brothers, uh, so uh, that probably explains a little bit about me. Uh, <laughs> I actually grew up on a block in my neighborhood in South St. Louis where there was nothing but girls. So uh, it was very tr tragic, traumatic uh, growing up uh, just with six sisters. I mean, that's, that's crazy. Um, my dad passed away at the age of 14. My oldest sister passed away when I was 16. She was 29. Uh, so I had determined at a very early age that uh, Life was meant to be lived to the fullest uh, because it was very short. So I approached life with, I'm going to take all I can get and get all I can and hold on to it as long as I can because I don't plan on being around very long, all right? Uh, my best friend at the time, working in a grocery store, along with a lady who came in the grocery store continually, and I didn't know this at the time, uh, she was stuffing tracks in the shelf, and I was finding them as I was stocking shelves and reading them and didn't quite realize that the Word of God was working in my heart. Uh, best friend asked me to go to church, and uh, 
I said, well, gosh, Tim, I haven't been to church since my dad passed away. Uh, he said, well, come on to church. And uh, so I walked in to a Southern Baptist church. I'd never been in any other type of church other than a Roman Catholic church and was shocked, literally <laughs> shocked. Uh, people actually talked to one another. People actually sang with, with enthusiasm and it seemed to really enjoy what they were singing about. Uh, watched a man step up to the pulpit in a suit in just a Bible and open the Word of God and begin to preach. And uh, I can tell you from the first Sunday, I was under conviction and um, God, so being raised Catholic, you know all the stories, you know all about Jesus, you know all the stories, but as this man preached uh, for the next three to four Sundays, God was dropping in the last piece of the puzzle into my life that I could understand who Jesus truly was and who I was in needing to repent of my sin and place my faith in him as my Lord and Savior. So uh, at the age of 21, I got saved in a, in a very Southern Baptist church, which was, I remember sitting in church for uh, months and months, and, and the, the uh, pastor came up to me at one time and said, Joe, I love watching you in church because you sit there with your mouth wide open and, <laughs> and your eyes are like this. He said, and I can see that the word of God is just doing something completely new in your life. So I, um, my life has been, uh, as far as I can, would say, um, radically changed uh, because of Jesus. Um, I have two great heroes in my life, my mom and uh, George Washington. Uh, my mom raised the last of uh, all seven of us by herself, uh, working a part-time job at an ice cream store. So uh, that's pretty amazing as far as I'm concerned. So today's topic is worship. Uh, like I shared her a few minutes ago, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not teaching this morning, I just want to share. I want to share uh, what we all, I think, know and, and do and understand and, and talk about and feel, and, and that is worshiping our God. Um, so I, at first, uh, when uh, Alex asked me to teach and he said, Joe, you're going to be teaching on worship, I th got pretty excited. I thought, well, that's good. I, I mean, that's something I can ha talk about because I love the Lord and I love being in church. Uh, then I was doing some research and ran into Leviticus chapter 10, where uh, uh, I can never say their names right. Um, Nabab and Abihu end up screwing up uh, the sacrifice and God consumes them in front of the temple. And I'm thinking, do I really want to stand up and talk about worship? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, not really. Um, so. Obviously, our Lord, our God, takes worship extremely serious, uh, and he showed that to the people of Israel very plain that day, uh, that he wasn't going to uh, put up with uh, disrespect, all right? And that's basically what was being done, is they, they disrespected his instructions and decided to do things their own way. So, uh, so the definition that... Uh, we as a church family and the elders have come up with as far as worship is true worship is ascribing to God in all of life the honor and the adoration he is due with a heart that has been transformed 
by the truth of God's word. And I think if you look at your life and your, your own feelings toward our Lord, uh, that would speak true, okay? Uh, honor and adoration that he is due by a transformed heart, by the truth of God's word. So I wanted to turn to, to Psalm 8. Let's turn to Psalm 8. We're going to spend a lot of time in Psalms today, or back and forth. Okay. Psalm 8. Our Lord, our Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth. Who has displayed thy, who has displayed thy splendor above the heavens? From the mouth of infants and nursing babes, thou hast established strength because, thine because of thine adversaries to make the enemy and revengeful cease. When I consider thy heavens, the work of, the of thy fingers, the moon, the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that thou dost care for him? When yet thou hast made him a little lower than the angels, Thou dost crown him with glory and majesty. Thou dost make him to rule over the works of thy hands. And thou hast put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen and also the beasts of the field, the birds of the heavens, the fish of the sea, whatever passes through the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is thy name in all the earth. So I'm sure you, all you guys have, have traveled. What is the most fantastic thing you've seen in your life? What, what things jump at you when you think about where you've been, what you've seen in your life? What are some of the, what are some of the most fantastic things you've seen? My wife. Your wife, amen. Oh, wise answer. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Marv. <laughs> okay, but, 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 hey, hey, Marv, but amen. Okay, okay, what else? Sunsets, okay. What, what's the best part of a sunset? The color. Yeah. It reminds me it's a small, small glimpse of who he is yeah. in a fallen world. Amen. Yeah. And every day. Every day. And every. At my, my back of my house and my porch faces west. Okay. So what do I get? Cool. It's great when the, the orange streaks come across the sky. Yeah. yeah. What else? Well, those are all wonderful. My husband, I would have to say. But um, we have a farm in upstate well, actually, Central Eastern, and in the fall, you have the Blue Mountains in the background, and then you have these different shades of gold in the fields and green. It's just breathtaking. It doesn't even look real sometimes. Like, like you're standing in front of a picture? Yes. Yeah. Especially like at 4 o'clock, right when the sun is starting to set. Twilight? It just looks yeah. so amazingly beautiful. Cool. Marv? Yeah, some of you guys might remember this two years ago on retreat, we were down at Trout Lodge, mm -hmm. and on that Saturday morning, for whatever reason, I was rooming with my son-in-law, Ben, and for whatever reason, he opened the curtains before we went to sleep at night. Mm -hmm. And the next morning at sunrise mm -hmm. was the most awesome display wow. of color. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, you're looking out over the lake mm -hmm. with the hills, with trees, and all the color in the sky. 
I just, I had to go out. I went out on the deck and worshiped, and I walked out, and I looked over, and there was Ethan <laughs> on the deck next to me. And I forget who was on that. Everybody just kind of went yeah. out. Yeah. You just had to stop and worship and pray. I, I videoed it. Okay. I kept it. I mean, it was awesome. Amazing. Okay. Anything else? Anybody else? Yeah. So I've seen a lot of sites like that and some and amazing things that God has put here for us. But mm. the most amazing thing that I have seen is the transformation that God does in a man named Savior. Mm. Yeah. That is a sight to see. Yeah. Amen. So what was it? Two or three weeks ago? It snowed on Saturday or Friday night, the big heavy wet snow. So I had to be up here at church for something and driving down 100 early. The trees were just covered with that heavy snow and it was like driving down a, a big aisle of a cathedral, you know, just, just incredible, just incredible. But as beautiful as that was, the most amazing thing I think I've ever seen was standing on this side, my mother-in-law's on this side, and Kelly's right here, and she's getting ready to have Joey. And Joey showed up, and I thought, first of all, I thought, what the heck, this is not a kid, who, what the heck is this? <laughs> I was just like, holy shock, but then after they cleaned him up and brought him over and set him, set him on Kelly, you just, you just can't, you just can't. There's not words, okay? And so that is our God. That, that, and he, he has put us in control and given us this universe, this, this earth to see every day, sunsets, trees, and all these things uh, point to his majesty and who he is. Um, let's look at... Um, Let's go, let's go over to the New Testament. Let's look at uh, 1 Corinthians. And I'm sorry, we'll jump around. Uh, I've got a lot in my head. Whether it comes out, I don't know. We'll, we'll find out, all right? So 1 Corinthians chapter 8. And tell you what, when somebody gets there, why don't you go ahead and read it? Chapter 8, verse 6. Yes, please. Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom are all things. And we exist for him, and one Lord, Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we exist through him. Okay. However, not all men have this knowledge, but some being accustomed to the idol until now, eat food as if it were sacrificed to an idol. And their conscience, being weak, is defiled, but the food will not commend us to God. We are neither the worse if we do not eat, nor the better if we do eat. 
but to take care of this liberty of yours does not somehow become a stumbling block to the weak. For if someone sees you who have knowledge dining in an idol's temple, will not his conscience, if he is weak, be strengthened to eat things sacrificed to idols? Okay, why don't we stop there, Marv? Okay. okay. So in verse 6 it says, uh, all things exist for him. Okay. He created all things. They exist for him. Colossians 1.16. Okay, go ahead. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Okay. Visible and invisible. Till recently, in the last hundreds of years, people didn't even know atoms existed, couldn't see amoebas or anything like that, but they've always existed since he created them, okay? He created all things in, in, a, in a world where uh, we're taught we're pretty self-sufficient, we're, we're taught that um, it's about us, uh, that we make things happen, that uh, we're in charge. Truth of Scripture says no. All things exist by him and for him. Yeah, Mark? Yeah, I was just going to say, I, I use this passage a lot when I do creation presentations, and I, I was reflecting on it and actually gave a sermon on it at Friendship Baptist Church out in not how springs left of it. But anyway, when you think about that invisible part, you created all things visible and invisible. And you think about, just think about the way we communicate today. I mean, if you go back to Paul's time, when he sent out an epistle, it may take a month mm -hmm. or more for somebody to get that where it was going. <coughs> and then at some point, the telegraph was invented so that it cut that time down to maybe a day or less than a day, and then the telephone. And now, today, mm -hmm. we can have meetings online with people all over the world, all at like a Zoom meeting, mm -hmm. right? Right now. Right, we could do it right now and it's mm -hmm. instantaneous. All of that was in place at creation. What, what it required was for man to discover it. And use it. Think about that. That's pretty cool. That was all in place at creation. Yeah. And it probably the truth is before the foundation of the world it was all planned. Right. Made. Okay. I mean that's yeah. that's astounding yeah. when you think yeah. about it. Yeah. Roman let's go to go to Romans chapter eleven. Chapter 11, verse, verse 33. It says, Oh, the depth of the riches, both of the wisdom and the knowledge of God. How unsearchable are his judgments and unfathomable his ways. For who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has become his counselor? Or who first gave to him that it might be paid back to him again. 
for from him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. Man. That's our God. That's, that's who we worship. So worship is not about us. It's about him. It's about focusing on who he is um, and not about us. So uh, second question we might want to ask is, is where do we worship? So let's turn to John, the Gospel of John. Now in the Old Testament, um, they worshiped at the temple, okay? But Jesus has a, a conversation with the lady at the well, and he explains that's not, not where, how it's going to be anymore. So let's look at John. We'll start in uh, verse 19. What chapter? Uh, chapter 4, I'm sorry. So, and just by way of a disclaimer, uh, it was a real privilege to listen to Rich's sermon on this about five times this week, all right? So, man, just good stuff, okay? Um, so I, if, if you're ever, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say bored. Um, if you're ever looking to fulfill, fill some time with something good, Go back and look at, at some of the messages that have taken place in the room over there, okay? Uh, just incredible, okay? So, verse 19. says, The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in this mountain, and you people say that Jerusalem is a place where men ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, an hour is coming when neither... In this mountain, nor in Jerusalem, shall you worship the Father. You worship that which you do not know. We worship that which we know, for salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and now is, when true worship, true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For such people the Father seeks to worship, to worship Him. God is spirit. And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. Uh, in, in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, talks about worship, uh, bowing or honoring uh, God and, and serving or adoring. So we honor God and we adore him. Um, you know, um, when I fell in love with Kelly, I think that word expresses my heart towards my wife. I, I absolutely adore her, okay? Uh, we are very different people, and we bump up against each other regularly, okay? But that's a bit of iron sharpening iron. Um, but when I look at her and I look at her heart and I see her, uh, I simply adore her. And that's the closest human thing I can think of to explaining how I should feel about my Lord. I should adore him. I sh my feelings toward him should be so captivating that 
I don't think we can really explain it, okay? So we are, uh, we to our, are to adore him. Uh, it says that we're to worship him in spirit and in truth. Um, so worship comes out of us, okay? It's not just emotion. It can be emotional, okay? It's not just physical. It can be physical. Uh, it's not purely intellectual pursuit, but it should be intellectually pursued, okay? Uh, Rich, Rich said, uh, worship should burst forth from our core, from, from who we are, from inside of us. It, it should just spill out, okay? Um, so, it's not about me. It's not mystical. We're not searching for a divine experience, an emotional feeling, uh, like I could say, well, I, I felt like I was with God. Uh, it's not about the lights, uh, the sound, um, the setting. Uh, it, all that can be manipulated. Uh, so I, when I, got, I got saved when I was 21, I shared, which meant between the ages of probably 16 and 21, maybe in 23, I probably saw every rock group that hit St. Louis, okay? <laughs> so I've, I've seen a lot of, of great shows. I mean, I saw Bob Seger open up, then Sticks and Ario Speedwagon at Keele Auditorium. Now that's a concert, okay? Um, but what takes place in here is not a concert. It's, it's not a show. Okay, it's 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 not a performance. All right, uh, I worked at a restaurant. I, so before I started in the grocery business, I ended up, was a busboy. I worked at a really good restaurant, and uh, there's a knack to being a busboy. All right, uh, especially in a really nice restaurant, and uh, you were assigned a waitress, and I had the uh, privilege of being assigned to Alice, and Alice was tough, all right? <laughs> um, but Alice, Alice did really well, all right? And, and Alice taught me, she said, Joe, I, served, I take the order, I serve the food, but till then, they're yours, okay? And I need you to set the table. You set the table physically right, Everything, I want all the forks and spoons and knives all in order, plates all in order, the glasses filled, you keep them filled, um, you take care of them till I serve them, all right? You set the table. And she split her tips really well with me when I did a good job. She said, I did well because you did a good job, all right? Ethan, and the rest of the people on the worship team set the table, okay? That, and I don't mean that in any form of disrespect, okay? Uh, because of the way they help prepare our hearts, okay? It, it, it sets the table for the Word of God, not for Rich. Rich sh shares the Word of God, but it sets the table for the Word of God, all right? Um, so... Um, Worship isn't something that's passive. You just can't uh, sit back 
and let it take place around you, okay? If it flows out of your core, flows out of your heart, then you just can't be this person sitting in the chair or the pew and observing. It, 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 it doesn't work like that. It can't work like that, okay? Uh, if, if, you're, if you've been born again, if you have a relationship with the Lord Jesus, it, it has to come out. It, 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 you can't sit there quietly and not participate. I mean, you said, I'm, like I said, uh, being raised Catholic and seeing all the, the concert shows and stuff that I saw, I tend to be more quiet and subdued in the, in the worship service. I don't, uh, I'm not a hand raiser. I have no problem with that. It's just not who I am in my heart, okay? I tend to get much quieter, but um, there's a lot going on whether I'm moving around physically or not, all right? Um, and it, we, you and I should give room for that, all right? Uh, when we first started attending here, the Lord, the Lord is so interesting. So we're sitting in worship, and for the first three months, this one lady ended up always over here in front of me. And every time we'd sing, she, she covered about two to three, two chairs either way, moving, <laughs> all right? And, and, and I'm thinking, I'm struggling with this. But the struggle was my heart, okay? The struggle wasn't her, so I simply needed to close my eyes and look in a different direction. I, I have no right to judge Marv, okay, in church, how he worship. If Marv is raising his hands, okay, I'm sorry, Marv, okay, it's not my place to be watching Marv in the middle of the worship service. If Marv has his hands raised, that's between him and the Father God, the Lord Jesus, okay? Not on me, okay? And if my head is bowed and my eyes are closed and I'm quiet, okay, that doesn't mean I'm asleep, all right? Could be, but it doesn't necessarily mean I'm asleep, all right? Uh, it's not a passive thing, okay? God doesn't care if you have a great voice or a bad voice, all right? Um, I don't necessarily have a, I, I know I don't have a great singing voice, okay? So in first grade, in a Catholic grade school, in second grade, second grade, we're getting ready to make our first communion, so we're, we're having a practice, okay? And so we're all rowed up in the front in church, and we're all, and I happen to be on the front row, all right? And we're practicing a song that we're going to sing. And this nun walks up to me, kneels down in front of me and says, Joe, Mr. Graff, please don't sing. <laughs> please just mouth the words. And I'm, I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> you know, so God doesn't care what you sound, that, he, if he created you, that's the way he created you with the voice that you have. I don't have the ability, I was talking to, to uh, Nathan this morning, asked me if he was drumming this morning, he said, yeah. I said, Nathan, thank you. I said, I'm, I can't keep beat past boom, boom, all right? <laughs> um, and, and, 
it's, it's, we express who we are the way God made us, all right? Um, he, he would rather hear the voice of someone who can't sing, who has a pure heart before him, than to have a beautiful voice and a dead heart, okay? He will never accept the, the worship from a dead heart. That's not who our God is. That's not what he does, all right? Uh, let's see. Our body is a tent, okay? This isn't, this is not who I am, okay? Who I am is, is uh, my spirit, it's, it's my essence, it's who I am, it's what makes me, 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 encompasses my mind, my will, my emotions, the, the very spirit of who I am. That's where worship flows out of, out of that, okay? Not this, this physical uh, being. We worship in spirit and in truth, which means all of you must be harnessed and aimed at responding at who God is. We respond at who he is, what he has done, okay? And as we respond to him, it has to lead to confession of sin, all right? Uh, how, how, do you, how do you do you stand before God? I mean, when we stand before God at the throne, okay, we are we will we will be uh, made glor glorified, okay. But when Isaiah was standing before him, he said, "Lord, I am undone. I am a man of unclean lips." So when we're in worship, all right, uh, when you're at home in your prayer closet, when you're when you are speaking to God, how how can you do that? How can I do that with a heart that is, has, has something that is separating us from him? If there is, uh, it, it's no different than, than uh, when Kelly and I sit down at the dinner table and if, if I've offended her or I've done something stupid and uh, hurt her feelings, there's no way her and I can have fellowship over a chicken pot pie, all right? Uh, with, with there being something between us, it just it just doesn't happen. All right. I mean, we can sit there. Can I, I can eat eat my my chicken pot pie coldly and and avoid eye contact with her and and, and eat dinner, but that's not that's not fellowshipping over the dinner table together. Okay. I have to be able to look at my wife in the eyes and ask her how her day was and what's going on and. And if that means that I have to say, you know, Kel, when I said what I said out in the garage and we were talking and I said what I said, I'm sorry. I was out of line. I was disrespectful, whatever, okay? Uh, but that, that, that is getting honest with, with who I am before her. And it's the same way with, with our God. There's no way that you and I can communicate, read his word, spend time talking and praying to him without the conviction of sin uh, just coming out. It, it's, it's, who, it's the Holy Spirit's job. It's what he does. He convicts of sin and righteousness, all right? And uh, it just has to happen. Uh, let's see. 
worship, if, so if that's true, so if, if worship flows out of our core, flows out of who we are as a redeemed individual, person who's been born again, then it is not confined to just the auditorium in there. It is, it is who we are every single day of our life, every moment of the day, when we're driving, when we're out in the shop working, when you're at work, when you're changing the diapers for your kid, when you're doing whatever you're doing. All of life is before our God. Every moment. As we're, as we're in this room right now, we're before our God. He is, he is here with us. So how is not life all, all response to who he is? Every moment of every day, okay? And, and if that is true, it has to find an expression, okay? We have to be able to express it. If, if I never told Kelly I loved her, she would never know that. How, how on earth is my wife going to know, how are my boys going to know that I love them if I don't express that to them, all right? And not just once every 10 years, all right? Not on my, just on my anniversary, okay, or on the boys' birthday. They have to know, when Sam walks in the door on Friday night or Saturday morning, whenever he rolls in the house, the first thing I do is I run up and I grab him and I pick him up and I hug him and he's 21 and I still pick him up and I hug him and I tell him I love him because that's important, okay? He needs to even know at the age of 21 that I love him to death, all right? How, how does, if we don't express that to God, how, that is who we are. We have to be able to express that to God. Look at David. David. Oh my gosh, David was such an animated individual, all right? Symbols and dancing, and he just, he just let it go, all right? Um, he, and he, he expected all of Israel to join in him. Uh, it was contagious, all right? If you're ever around somebody and, and you get the sense from them that they are just in love with God, and uh, it's contagious. I have a very good friend. Um, and he taught me this one great lesson. We'd, we, we did a lot of camping together, and I'd say, Chip, I need you to pray for me about something. He said, okay, let's pray. Boom, man, we were praying, all right, right there and then. He taught me because he was, he was always, it seemed like Chip was always just this hair away from in the presence of God, all right, and that Joe, if we're going to, you ask me to pray, then let's pray. Let's do it now. We're, what, what is the difference when now and an hour now, and I'm probably going to forget, all right? Uh, we're, we're in front of God now. Let's pray now, all right? Um, Sunday is an expression of who we are when we gather together, all right? It's just a, an expression at, of of us gathering together as, as a group of believers uh, who walk in relationship to him. Let's, let's turn back to Psalms again, okay? And we're going we're gonna, to so turn to Psalm 9. Ooh, got to hurry. So, hey, Mark, why don't you do Psalm 9, 1 and 2. Uh, somebody pick up Psalm 57. Verse 7 to 11. 
Okay? And then Psalm 111, verse 1. Psalm 28, 6 and 7. If somebody would. Psalm 86, verses 11 through 13. And we'll finish up with Psalm 138, verses 1 and 2. Sure. Go ahead, brother. I will give thanks to the Lord with my whole heart. I will recount all your wonderful deeds. I will be glad and exult in you. I will sing praise to your name, O Most High. Okay. What's the key word there? Mark, what do you think? I'm looking. <laughs> uh, whole heart. Whole heart. Okay. Whole heart. Psalm 57, 11. 7 through 11. Somebody have that? Exalted, O God, above the heavens. Let your glory be over all the earth. Man. Good. Psalm, Psalm 111, verse 1. So, go ahead. Praise ye the Lord. I will praise the Lord from my whole heart in the assembly of the upright and in the congregation. Okay. The whole heart. Psalm uh, 28, 6 and 7. Somebody grab that? Yeah, I, I got it. Okay, thanks. Uh, blessed be the Lord, for he has heard the voice of my plea for mercy. The Lord is my strength and my shield. In him my heart trusts and I am helped. My heart exalts and with my song I give thanks to him. My heart. Psalm 86, uh, 11 and 13. Sure. Uh, teach me your way, O Yahweh, that I may walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear your name. I give thanks to you, O Lord my God, with, with my whole heart, and I will glorify your name forever. For great is your steadfast love toward me, and you have delivered my soul from the depths of Sheol. Okay. Out of the heart. Okay. Psalm 138, verses 1 and 2. Thanks, O Lord, with my whole heart. Before the gods, I sing your praise. I bow down toward your holy temple and give thanks to your name for your steadfast love and your faithfulness. We have exalted above all things your name and your word. Amen. Okay. All right. We got a few minutes, and I want to. I want you to turn to to John, chapter seventeen, um, where Rich was last Sunday. Of course, he's going to be in verse four today. Uh, I, I don't know about y'all, but I, I have not been able to get this out of my mind all week, okay, as, as Rich preached on this Sunday. So I, wanna, I, wanna, I thought it was real important. I thought so God was, God was setting it up for today, all right? Um, it says, these things Jesus spoke, lifting up his eyes to heaven. Father, the hour has come. Glorify the Son, that the Son may glorify thee. 
even as thou gavest him authority over all mankind, that to all whom thou hast given him, he may give eternal life. And this is eternal life, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Why was I created? To glorify God. The glory of God is, is, is a visible manifestation of his nature. It's his observable, observable character, who he is, his perfection, okay? Okay. Uh, we can't add to God's glory. We can't tackle, take away from it. In order to behold the glory of God the Father, we have to see Jesus, all right? He's the pathway. He himself says he is the way, the truth, and the life, all right? Uh, God the Father purposed us as a gift towards the Son. And Jesus takes us the gift, redeems us, and gives us back to the Father. Rich made the statement that um, eternal life is now shared with with more than just God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Now we exist in eternal life because he's redeemed us. Um, Jesus' mission was to make the Father's glory known. Okay. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We got to finish up. Ten thirty one. Whether then you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Okay, turn to two more. Well, maybe three. All right. <laughs> turn to Psalm one thirty nine. Verse 13. For thou didst form my inward parts. Thou didst weave me in my mother's womb. I will give thanks to thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Wonderful are thy works, and my soul, know, soul knows it very well. My frame was not hidden from thee when I was made in secret and skillful wrought in the depths of the earth. 
Thine eyes have seen my unformed substance, and in thy book they were written, the days that were ordained for me, when as yet there was none of them. Okay. Hold on to all that thought and turn to Romans 8, 828. And we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose, for whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son. Let me read that one again. For whom he foreknew, he also predestined to become conformed to the image of his son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren, and whom he predestined, these he also called, and whom he called, these he also justified, and whom he justified, these he is also glorified. Hold on to all that. Turn to Ephesians. Chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before him and in love. He predestined us to adoption as sons through Jesus Christ to himself, according to the kind intention of will, to the praise of the glory of his grace, which he has freely bestowed on us and the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace, which he has lavished upon us in all wisdom and insight. He made known unto us the mystery of his will, according to the kind intention which he purposed in him, with a view to the administration suitable to the fullness of time, that is, the summing up of all things in Christ, things in heaven and things on earth in him. Also we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to his purpose, who works all things after the counsel of his will, to the end that we who were the first to hope in Christ should be to the praise of his glory. God the Father, if, if, this, wall, if this wall is a timeline, all right? And that wall is Genesis 1-1. And this wall is the end in Revelation. That's time, okay? God says, before, way over there, this is north, so way over there, Alaska, wherever, way over there, <laughs> he designed us, he created us, he, 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 he thought of us, he formulated, and not just in a group, like, I'm going to make a whole bunch of people, all right? No. He said, I'm going to make Mark, and I'm going to make Mark look like this and act like this, and this is his nature, and this is who he is, and this is all I've planned for him way over here. I've, 
His, if he, this is who he's going to marry. This is what his life is going to be. And I am going to, to then redeem him and give him to the Father. What an incredible, what an incredible thing that God made us with the purpose of bringing himself glory. How, how, do, you, how do we not be overfilled with overflowing with, with just love and adoration and love for our God when the whole purpose he made made us was to bring himself glory and honor and we get, we get the joy of eternal life and heaven and all of that. I, I mean, what an incredible, when Rich shared that in, in John last week, I was just, not say, I was just blown away. I th holy cow, what, what a master architect, uh, what a, a planner that our God is. He designed all this, all right? Now, he could have did it with horses. He could have did it with, with cows, whatever. He, we are the apex of his creation. You and I, as individuals, we're not just a blob or an accident. Uh, you, are, you are exactly who you are because that's who God made you to be and who he wants you to be. And he desires fellowship with you so much so that the Lord Jesus took the price on the cross to pay for my sin and your sin, suffered, separate, suffered separation from the Father to redeem you and I. How do we not worship him? How do, you, how do we not, how, how is not all of our life spent literally on our knees before him, okay? Yeah, I was just going to say, Joe, in, in Exodus, he says, God says, I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy. Yeah. I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. There's nothing special about any of us. Yep. Barb will testify in my case. <laughs> There's nothing special about any of us. There's nothing we did. There's nothing we could do, it's God chose to yeah. have mercy and compassion on us yeah. and to save us. Yeah. And the Son, it tells us five times in the New Testament that God created everything through his Son, Jesus Christ. We read one of them. To the praise of his glory. Right. So the one who created us is the same one who came to die for That just blows me away. What incredible, right. an incredible story, okay? That's how much he loves us. How do we not love him with all our heart, our mind, and our soul, okay? While we pray, Lord Jesus, you are all in all. You are our Lord and our Savior. We are nothing without you and yet we are everything with you. You have planned before the time existed that we would be with you in heaven, that we would bring glory and honor to you because you desire it, okay? You desire fellowship with us. What an incredible God you are. 
May we truly worship you.